Lord. Thank you all so much. Whoa. Um, your prayers have been so good. Um, I could, I'm, we're doing Colossians because Colossians is, is the text of the day. But I could have very easily taken all this time and just told you how God has moved so powerfully over the last six weeks. It's really been a neat thing. Um, uh, it's, uh, uh, our clients are good Christian people, and they've just been in constant prayer. Um, y'all, so many of y'all have been in prayer. I talked to the jury after it was over, and the lady who became the four-person said she didn't want to be four-person, but she went home and she prayed about it. And God really put it on her heart that that was the right thing to do. And I had seven jurors tell me that they just worked through the entire deliberation process praying. Um, I have a lawyer friend who's a very dear friend of mine who's probably as pagan as a $3 bill. But he came up to the courthouse on one of the deliberation days and he had a Bible. And I said, what are you doing with the Bible? And he said, I don't know. He said, it just seemed right. <laughs> I said, well... I'm, I'm really uh, surprised. And he said, well, if anybody asks you, uh, just say that uh, you were conducting a prayer vigil on the third floor because somebody asked me why I was carrying around a Bible and I told them. <laughs> and I said, I said, I can't make a liar out of you. He said, what do you mean? I said, come on. And I grabbed the family and I made him and Dr. Bob and, and I did it. We grabbed him and we grabbed the family and we went down to the third floor and we read scripture and we prayed together. I looked down and said, I was going to teach you to bring a Bible, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, we went back up, and he started looking at some of my lessons uh, uh, and asked for a co few copies of some of them. I mean, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful time. Now, before I go any further, y'all are so kind and gracious, and thank you. If anybody needs a lesson while I'm doing this, is a good time to hand out lessons. I want to recognize down here we've got a need. Kay Mickey and Marinelle Mendoza have raised their hands. Sitting next to Philip over here are two delightful ladies, one young, one old. The old, <laughs> you now, you got a kid, Dara, you're old. Dara Hager has come into class and she has her and Glenn's five, six month old baby, five month old baby named Claire. And Dara is the one who has edited every Sunday school lesson I've handed out so that it reads in English as opposed to the way I write it. If people can scoot in a little bit, we've got some people who don't have a seat. And there are some seats right down here. If you don't mind just traipsing down the front, you don't have to come all the way to, to like kneel or anything. You can just stop right there. But there's some seats right here on the second row and on the front row. And we've got some seats down here. So don't hesitate just to come on down. Uh, I am excited this morning to be able to teach the, the prison epistles. Uh, uh, we are teaching uh, the book of Colossians today as we continue our traipse through the Bible. Uh, I think I'm officially three or four weeks out from giving my handout on where we go from here because i got to figure out, first of all, can I teach where we go from here? I'm just going to put stuff I'd like to teach. So, But I'll let you all vote on it, and then I've got to take it to Wade and make sure that it's something that seems right for the church. And uh, then we'll see how many people are interested in where we wind up, if we wind up here or if we wind up in like the... 
communion room because there are three of you who want to continue. Um, but we will figure it out and wherever God wants us to be, we'll be. This morning we're still in the prison epistles. You will recall that Paul spent two to three years in Rome in house arrest. And by house arrest, he was still guarded, but his friends were able to come and go. And, and Paul was able to write letters and send letters out, was able to minister not just to the, the community or the city. Or you got over a million people in Rome at the time but also able to, to minister to the guards as well who guarded him. During his time in imprisonment, we know that he wrote a number of letters. We don't have all the letters he wrote. The ones that we have include the letter to the Ephesians, which we covered the last two weeks, the letter to the church at Philippi, we call it Philippians, which we had covered uh, uh, the week before that, the letter to the church at Colossae, which we are covering this week, and that we call Colossians. And then the letter to Philemon, which will be one of the letters we cover next week. It's a short little chapter letter that was written to a fella in Colossae and, uh, 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 about a slave problem. And it'll be a fun letter to look at. There's some wonderful little nuggets in it. Um, but today we concentrate on Colossians. Now, where was Colossae? Let's get a big map here. And this is Europe and Africa and Egypt and Asia Minor. These are our names for this stuff today. Uh, uh, the big names are, this is Greece, this is Italy. Paul's up here in Rome writing over in this area of Asia Minor. We're going to blow it up a little bit. This is Turkey, okay? I'm just taking that circle and expanding it. Um, this is Turkey, modern-day Turkey. Istanbul's right up there where like at least five of the James Bond movies have been filmed. Uh, 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 Izmir, which is over here near uh, old Ephesus, right in this area. Denizili is the, the main town in this area right now. This is the area where the church at Colossae was. And not only the church at Colossae, but 10 miles towards the coast down the valley um, was Laodicea, which we read about in this letter. We'll also read about it a little bit because there's a, a, a letter to it in the book of Revelation. These two towns are about 10 miles apart. Paul wrote a letter to Laodicea about the same time he wrote the Colossian letter. And he told them to swap letters and, and, and swap them back and forth. But we don't have the Laodicean letter. We have the letter to the church at Colossae. If you went over there today and said, I want to see what Colossae looks like, it looks like that. There aren't a lot of good ruins there. Um, you you are, would be standing right here. The, the actual appearance is not that different than what it would have looked like as far as the shrubbery and, and the lay of the valley. But it is not... That's, that's Claire. Hi, Claire. But it's not... She wants to go. She's got the travel bug. Um, but the, the, the town itself doesn't have a lot, of, um, a lot of ruins. Now, what do we know about the town? At one point in history, before Paul's writing, it had been a pretty large town and actually a, a, a center point on the highway that went from Ephesus all the way down to the Euphrates River. And, and when it was a center point on the highway, it was a pretty big town. But if you've ever seen towns that are on highways, when, when they rebuild the highway and the town is gone, what happens to it? <laughs> it shrinks. And that's what happened. They changed the road, and, and Colossae wasn't on the road anymore, and it reduced size considerably. And by the time Paul writes, it's really not that big a town, and it's really not that important a town. It's not only not huge and not important, but it's not even the town of the area. Okay? The town of the area is probably Laodicea. 
And what I love about this book, among other things, is we read in it that Paul wrote Laodicea its letter. And Paul told Laodicea to send that letter over to the church at Colossae. Okay? But this small, unimportant, not the town, still got its own letter from Paul. And it's not because Paul had started the church or been there before. It looks like Paul had not been there before, though he expressed a desire to come to this not the town, not huge, small church. And I think that's a wonderful thing because it shows that Paul is writing because he cares about them and he wants them to know it and they get a personal letter that addresses their personal problems even though the problems are probably shared by the bigger church in Laodicea because Paul tells the Colossian church to send the letter over to Laodicea so Laodicea can read it. They're only 10 miles apart. That's the distance between here and something 10 miles away. And so, <clears throat> I was having a mind freeze. Um, what's 10 miles away? Tomball. Tomball's further than 10, isn't it? All right, Tomball. All right, that's like from here to Tomball, okay? So Paul writes them their own special letter, and I think that's wonderful. But my question that we need to ask as biblical students and scholars who care and who are rapidly becoming so biblically literate, it's almost scary, is this. Why does Paul write it? Now that question mark was chosen carefully because it's made out of chains. Paul's writing in prison. He's in chains. So that's a good question mark. Yeah, That was some work on the internet to find that puppy. Um, why does Paul write this prison epistle? Why does he... Remember, writing is not a small matter back then. The paper is expensive, the parchment. The, they don't have big clicks. It is a pain in the neck to get ink and to get something that will spread the ink. And it's expensive. And you can't drop it in the mail because they didn't have a postal system. Well, all right. They had the little postal system just for the Roman uh, uh, army and, and government. But normal people weren't allowed to use it. You had to send it with someone. So, you know, why does Paul bother to write this letter to this small church? Answer. I think the church had what scholars call the Colossian heresy. Heresy meaning something that's not godly and right and not theologically correct, not doctrinally correct, something that, that takes away the core message of Christianity. And Colossian meaning it's the one that they had there at Colossae, at the church. The, 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 the heresy that they had is a primitive form of what's called Gnosticism, okay? Mixed with some good old legalism, you know, not wanting to just have Gnosticism. Now, if I've already lost you, don't get lost yet. I read a study that said when you use a word that the human brain does not know, people do not register the next seven words you use because their brain is kind of going, I don't know what that word means, okay? So for a lot of you, when I say the word Gnosticism, you won't hear the next seven words I say. So I thought about just going, Gnosticism, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, is a word that you may not know. <laughs> but I've decided not to do it. I've decided the best way to handle it is to make